Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Well, thank you for coming this evening. Um, we have something that uh, is very special. Um, we have Betsy Rose here this evening. Uh, she and I will be um, teaching together, and we'll be teaching um, the Dharma through words, but also through song uh, as one of the um, gifts that Betsy Rose has uh, to offer. Many gifts, but that is one of them. And uh, I think that you know, we're, we're perhaps drawn to come this evening um, because we are experiencing um, the results of uh, what happened a couple days ago. Whether you are um, feeling the deep loss of not having the outcome that you expected or wanted, or perhaps feeling... Um, some fear around the unknown of what comes next, or perhaps just feeling a deep divide in our country right now, and what does that mean? How do we um, proceed from here? And so we want to address all of that this evening. Um, Betsy actually is going to start us off with a song in the spirit of um, how coming together through music and song is a way that uh, we can actually feel more together at a time where maybe we're feeling a little isolated or apart. Um, so we'll start the sit with a song. I'm going to also guide us through a very um, particularly led sit um, to work with whatever it is that's coming up for us. And then uh, we'll proceed as, as we do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, good evening. Namaste. I think we all feel a real sense of relief to be here. Um, a, a refuge, taking refuge in the Sangha and in the Dharma and in the Buddha. And this, word, this song is a nice, I think, a nice pathway into meditation because it is about coming home to the body. And um, it also brings our beloved Thich Nhat Hanh into the room, the wonderful Vietnamese teacher whose words form the song. So as we begin to arrive, as you're listening... You can, um, you can close your eyes, you can be in a meditative posture or not. But imagine that the, this, this way of Dharma traveling into us all, that it, it, it's coming into your whole body, not just your ears, but that you're being washed. Something is washing in and through. And just breathe it in. And you can... Practice just letting your breath deepen and your body soften as I sing, and then we'll sing it together.
together you can sing it together nice and easy just letting the vibrations of your own voice warm up your body and then the vibrations of all our voices and the heart that comes out through our voices holding each other creating harmony together i have arrived i am home i have a So you can allow the words of Betsy's song to uh, just wash over you and feel your attention move down into the body. Feel the body's weight on the ground, feeling the heaviness of the body here.
allowing your attention to settle, allowing your mind to settle, your body to settle. Notice any areas in the body that are tense and holding. As you breathe out, allowing those areas to incline towards more relaxation. Letting go just a little bit deeper into the posture. yourself permission to take your time in settling in. Consider that every moment of presence in this body right now, even if it's an anxious body, a restless body, a sleepy body, even if there's some level of discomfort here, each moment we bring presence into this body is a gift. Find your breath. Notice where you're breathing from. I caught myself many times in the last few days breathing way up in my chest and had to purposely bring my breath back down into the belly, allowing myself to breathe fully, allowing the body to settle and to open, to relax. See if you can bring your breath down into the belly, breathing in fully, breathing out fully. As you breathe in this way, allow it to inform your posture sitting up a little taller, allowing the shoulders to roll back and open the chest for more air. Breathe in. 
as you breathe out fully, allowing the muscles to relax around the structure of the skeleton. Breathe in a way that is nourishing and sweet. Supportive for you and whatever is coming up for you in the last few days. Allow the breath to be a place to come back to that is sweet. Allow each moment on the breath to be a moment that you can cherish. Allow each breath to be a place marker for each moment. Notice when we come to just this moment, there can be sweetness. There can be openness of heart. There can be relaxation.
And so as experiences arise, thoughts, different emotions, different body sensations, you find yourself in a whirlwind of experience. See if you can find the stillness, the sweetness, that stable presence of the breath at the center of it all. sit here now in the silence and if you get lost in it just know that you can come back just as easily as you got lost back to the breath back to this body sitting here feeling the peace feeling that presence Feeling the strength.
Notice where your attention is. If you need to, bring it back to the body. Come back to the breath. If you're having a particularly difficult time staying present, you might take a hand and put it on your heart. Feel the heaviness of the hand, the warmth, the care. And continue by sitting with your own self-compassion.
We'll now chant the three refuges together. Good evening again, everybody. Um, if, you, if we haven't met, I'm Kate Munding. I'm a guiding teacher here uh, with this community. And sitting here to my left is Betsy Rose, uh, who is a Dharma teacher, elder, uh, song- singer, songwriter, activist, um, all-around wonderful person <laughs> that I'm really happy to be up here with this evening. Um, normally, we take a moment to invite those of you who are here for the first time. Uh, I would like to actually do it a bit differently this evening, although I would like to see who is here for the first time. You can just raise your hand. Okay, quite a few of you. Welcome. Welcome. And is part of uh, actually coming together uh, this evening in, um, with really the spirit of coming together. I think that's what's really needed. I'd like to not just welcome those of you who are here for the first time, but welcome every single person here in the room and allow you to welcome each other. So let's just take a moment, and I'd like you to turn to the people who are sitting near you and shake their hand and say your name and welcome each other. Okay. 
Mm. What a sweet community we are. (laughs) And so important in these times of uncertainty. Um, We're going to take a break in just a minute. I just want to make one quick announcement, and that is uh, if you are new or it's been a while, there's a greeters table back here. It's got information on it. Go check it out. Um, The chant we just did, uh, taking refuge in the Buddha and the Dharma and in the Sangha, another way of looking at that is taking refuge in compassion, the compassion of the Buddha to um, to lead in the way that he did and, and lead through peace and wisdom and compassion. So the compassion of the Buddha, the wisdom of the Dharma, the way things are, uh, and then the loving community that supports all of this. Um, so we can take refuge in all three of those things in times of uncertainty. And that's what that, that chant is about. And that chant is on the back table as well. Also on that back table are some cards. Um, We do a special dedication of merit every Thursday evening at the end of the Dharma talk. Um, And uh, we dedicate the merit to all beings, all beings everywhere. And we also take a moment to uh, dedicate the merit to specific beings whom are perhaps in your heart right now. And so if you would like to dedicate or have the the, um, meditation and the Dharma talk uh, dedicated to someone specific, you're welcome to write their name on the card and uh, leave it on the back table. And then after the break, those will be brought up, and I'll read them at the end of the talk. So um, please do stay with us. Get up, stretch. If you'd like to stay inward, you're welcome to. Uh, I'll ring the bell in maybe about six, seven minutes. Thank you. trying to think of how to even start. (laughs) And I think that's kind of how it's felt uh, um, since last Tuesday evening. Just where do we start Wednesday morning? Where do we start? As a Dharma teacher, it's an interesting role. You know, I have my, my personal viewpoints and opinions and um, preferences. And as a Dharma teacher sitting in this seat with you, um, I feel a deep importance that what we do here tonight, um, you know, part, part of what I want us to do here tonight is to meet whatever fears, uh, grievances, heartbreaking, open, um, confusion, uncertainty, anger, um, 
that's here in the room. And I also want to hold this in a way, and I feel responsible for this, that we're not um, feeding the divide. That as practitioners, part of what we get to do now as moving forward is not feed the divide. And so uh, with that in mind, and all that that encompasses the need for patience, uh, for steadiness, I've been thinking the, the phrase that's been coming up for me in the last few days is just stay steady, stay steady, steady in our hearts, steady in our minds. Can we stay steady even with this? And in this moment, and now in this moment, can we continue to work towards an openness of heart? When we dedicate the merit at the end of this evening, can we truly dedicate it to all beings everywhere? Can our hearts be that full and open? Can we we move towards that instead of moving towards more division? So with that in mind, as that being kind of the container that will hold us this evening, um, really a container of, of love and wisdom, I also want us to meet what is here in the room. I have a lot of assumptions of what's here in the room, but I, I don't know, actually. Um, and in fact, as I'm addressing you all here in Berkeley, California, there's assumptions that come to mind of what's here in the room. <laughs> I'm also aware that this is um, uh, a recorded session that then gets put up on Dharma Seed and is listened by a lot of people all over the country, all over the world, with um, a whole variety. And I imagine there's a, whole, there's a variety in here of um, reactions to the outcome. And so we can have our assumptions what, what might be here that I might feel the way that you feel or you might feel the way that I feel, but that might not be true. And I just want to say that whatever you're here with, um, it might even be indifference at this point. Um, is completely welcome here, that you are fully welcome here. And so I'd like to hear what, what's in the room. And so to begin with, um, just to take a moment and check in. Perhaps you've been doing this often lately, but perhaps not. Just take a moment to check in and, and ask yourself that question. Just what is here? How are you feeling What's underneath uh, the rapid thoughts? Uh, What's underneath the restlessness? Maybe what's underneath, underneath the initial emotion? Go a little deeper. What's here for you right now? And then if you feel 
uh, called to say it out loud, I welcome you to say it out loud, and we can just do it popcorn style. I'll repeat it into the mic. Um, but just maybe uh, one word response to how you're, you're feeling right now. Acceptance. Thank you. <laughs> Sadness. Heartsick. Grief, disheartened. Fear. Say again. Overwhelmed. Angry. Dread for the future. Discouraged. Motivated. Determined. Exhausted. Uh, Challenged. Processing. Mm -hmm. Say again. Enlightening. Mm -hmm. Open. Humble. Curious. Fired up. Resistant. Misunderstood. Shut down. Bewildered. Informed. Say again. Uh, Angst. Angst. Uh Uh-huh. Trying to understand angry and powerless. Resilient. Say again. Shame. Mm, Yeah. Driven to practice. Exhaling. Judgment. Introversion. Clarity. Destiny. Mm. Curiosity. Embarrassed. Different. Disappointed. Looking for wisdom for his children. Unknown. Hope for healing. We'll stop there. We could probably keep going, huh? I think I've I recognize each one of those in myself at some in one mind moment after another, just the changing experience. Uh, yeah. And it's all all in here and more that wasn't voiced. There's voices in here that that stayed silent uh, and perhaps feeling something completely different. Thank you for that.
I'm feeling a word that I actually hadn't heard until this moment. I'm feeling grateful um, because I'm grateful to Kate for having the wisdom to bring us in this together in this spirit and to, to bring me in because I need to be here. And, um, and for me, since childhood, making music, hearing it, singing it, writing it, whatever, has been a very, very healing, therapeutic way for me to, to let feelings go through me. So I'm really grateful to have an opportunity to offer that to you, to offer it to myself. Um, and I'm going to sing one song, and then I'm going to, I guess, share a little bit about a few, few things that have happened for me in the last little while that have some bearing, I think, on where we are right now. The Buddha said as he was dying, and we can imagine for a moment what that was like for his world, his followers, his devoted friends and disciples, to see this illuminating teacher, life-changing teacher, um, be on his way. And he said, be a lamp unto yourself. It's sort of like transmission. It's saying, whatever light I brought and, and shared, this is now your lamp. And somehow this song makes me think of that. I wrote this after the 2010 midterm election. And you may recall we'd had, for most of many of us anyway, an exuberant election of, of um, Obama. Exuberant. And then two years later, the Tea Party and other, other factors came into play, and there was a very different feel as the Congress shifted and the Senate shifted. And so it was out of that, that moment of, oh my God, <laughs> just that I can't believe this. And um, this is what, what came to me to help me through that time. So I hope it'll help us a little bit in this time. Shine a light across the darkness Like the moon across the waves In this midnight of our journey Show the world a shining face Even earth and sky can tumble The ocean deep stars above all that we know is bound to crumble there is no better time to love the news will never tell the story we have to learn it on our own. Reach for the truth you can believe in. The time is urgent, take it slow. When even faith and hope lie broken, 
When all we do is not enough We face the dark with eyes wide open There is no better time to love The news will never tell the story Silence we remember And note by note We find the song So shine a light Across the darkness We'll never know If it's enough We're holding hands With eyes wide open is no better time to love give me your hand with eyes wide open there is no better time to There have been some wonderful expressions running around the internet. George Takai, probably some of you saw his wonderful tweets. Michael Moore is weighing in, of course. Charles Eisenstadt, who some of you may be familiar with, has written a wonderful piece. And I'm going to, um, I suggested to Kate that maybe those of you who have are on the e-list, we can send some links out to some of really wonderful resources. I think we're all garnering the wisdom of our culture and our community right now. You know, so I'll share some of that. But I have one, one little piece of writing I would like to share with you that came through my email recently. It's from a millennial, a young man of 24, who has just been out in um, Ohio canvassing and is now um, at his first election, work, working on an election, and is now driving to Standing Rock out in um, North Dakota to stand with the water protectors there. And I just think that many of us, not all, but many of us in this room are of a certain age where um, someone said they look something about their children, looking for wisdom from their children, that we do appreciate the special gifts that the younger generations are bringing in. So he says, To hope is to have your heart broken again and again. It is to become familiar with the pain and understand that it will, as it always has, subside. It is to know at your core that without heartbreak there can be no joy, no change, no laughter. To hope is to acknowledge responsibility, to realize that things will not get better unless you make them better. What a weight, what a gift. Today after the election, I walked aimlessly through the chilly, lengthening shadows of towering maples, 
watching from above as the leaves they worked so hard to grow float listlessly down to crunch beneath my feet, to become soil once again. The low winter sunlight strikes me in the eyes and I almost don't see the buck until I'm nearly upon him. But strangely, he doesn't run, only saunters off a few steps and stops to stare back at me. We wait for a while, wondering what the other is doing in suburban Ohio. Both of us admittedly somewhat out of place. Then he nods his head down at me, and I swear he is trying to tell me something with his watery brown eyes. I try my hardest to quiet myself and listen, but it slips past, and the moment is gone. I trust that I will understand when I need to. I hope the wild continues to belligerently permeate this silly little world we've built around ourselves. I hope this not because I'm scared of what I might lose, but because I'm deeply in love with what I've already found. I hope, knowing that to be open is to be hurt, to be racked with sobs and to tremble with the sheer magnitude of what's at stake. Knowing that that is simply part of being truly alive. And being truly alive is a blessing beyond measure. So that's Matthew Rose Stark, my only son. And he's one of many. His friends, his friends are doing amazing things. So in the past um, six months, I've done two rather dramatic travel experiences, and I want to tell you just a little bit about each of them. Um, one was that I traveled around the world. Some of you know this and followed me on Facebook and so forth. But I traveled around the world with my guitar and a backpack and my 65 years of uh, aching bones and um, hopefully a little wisdom. And I visited um, parts of Asia and parts of Europe and parts of Africa. And I was singing with um, very small grassroots local organizations that were working largely on women's empowerment, also on tribal rights, um, Dalit rights, untouchable rights in India, but also with children in orphanages and schools. And um, so I, I visited countries that have known devastation and this is very important to me to, to remember this and to share this with you, that we are not alone in having a very uh, fragile and upheaved tectonic shift in our country that feels very destabilizing and for some very frightening. We are in good company. When I was in Europe walking parts of the El Camino, being at Plum Village, visiting other countries, I was so aware, especially in France, that I was on a country that the soil was soaked in blood from World War II, World War I, um, and that they have had some very frightening, violent, terror-related attacks. And when I was in Nepal, I was in a country that has in, survived an earthquake and a government that was too dysfunctional to really help the people at all. And um, I got to see how they weather that, how they're doing a year later. 
And then the last stop on my trip was in Liberia. And that is a country that had a 12-year, very violent, bloody civil war under a dictator named Charles Taylor, who was a narcissist and a bit of a madman, and convinced that his people adored him. And after that civil war, they had Ebola. They were devastated by Ebola. So I came in on the heels of all that. And I want to talk about Liberia for just a moment because in, the reason I went to Liberia is because you may know, but many people don't know, that the women of Liberia created a nonviolent peace movement in the middle of that war. And with a variety of nonviolent witnessing and standing in a very womanly place, a very powerful mother and grandmother place, and confronting Charles Taylor face to face, confronting the warlords that were, you know, leading the rebels and, you know, the two, the, the two or three sides that were going on. And they confronted in their villages soldiers as they came through and through the power of their maternal voice saying, you are our sons and daughters, but I think it was mostly sons. You are our sons. We want you home again. We love you. Your village wants you home. You don't need to do this. And they sang, they would surround them and sing songs, tribal songs that they, the, the boys had known since childhood. And they succeeded. It was very courageous. They did a Lysistrata where they refused sex to their husbands for seven months. That lit a few fires and got things moving a little bit. Um, and they also, uh, once they had convinced Charles Taylor to go to the peace talks in Ghana, convinced the warlords to join him, and then there was sort of that thing of, the, of them going through the formality of peace talks but not really being willing to put down their arms, not really being will, willing to be humble enough to make peace. Then the women surrounded the building and barred the doors with their bodies and threatened to remove their clothing, which in Africa is a sign as a shaming of the man. This is the ultimate curse. If a man sees a woman disrobed who's not his wife, he is cursed and there's real consequences in the community. So these women had some cultural power. They were drawing on deep cultural roots to invoke what that culture had given them in the way of respect for the mother. They said, turned it around and said, and we're going to use it. And this is so much like our indigenous grandmothers. And so when I was there, it had been 10 years, 12 years since the end of the war, but not since the end of Ebola. So I met with them, I learned from them, we sang together. And what they're doing now is nationwide mediation project. They have these things called peace huts that are in 33 communities around Liberia and they're trying to get them in every county, every district. And anytime there's a conflict in the community, the, the people can come there and know that they're going to get mediation from women who know them, who know their culture, know their customs, know them personally. Most of what comes to the peace hut is domestic violence and rape. And I don't have time tonight to tell you the, the amazing ways that they work with that, but I will just say that it gives me so much hope to know what these women are doing and that they are changing their country. I felt in Liberia a country that was so committed to never suffering that way again. That war was so horrible that the billboards, the signage, the national mood was very much never again. 
And that is what the best possible outcome, I think, that one could have. So this is important for us to know that in, and Rebecca Solnit, many of you probably know her writing and her book, um, Paradise Built in Hell. Paradise Built in Hell, I'll send you that, that title, where she studies disasters from Katrina, 911, 2006 earthquake, um, Mexico City earthquake, and more. And her conclusion from studying those is that human beings under enormous stress when things fall apart do not turn into savages. They do not go looting. They do not turn on each other. That is a a cultural myth, an urban legend um, created out of what they call elite panic in the disaster sociology world, (laughs) meaning it's the elites who are so terrified of of losing their, their, what they hold, that they imagine everyone coming after them and then they have to attack them back. So, in any case, what she discovered was that people come together and they become very generous. They open their homes. They start soup kitchens in the park when nobody has a house to live in. And they comment, this is the best part, they they talk about how happy they are, that this was one of the happiest times of their life when they were all taken out of their safety and put together into a deeper safety. So there's a lot of hope in these stories, you know, that we don't know. It's, it's, I think that the mind that we can cultivate as practitioners is don't know, curiosity, beginner's mind, openness. We really don't know what's coming. We think we do, in a way. But it's a mystery. And we get to show up, you know, with a, as fresh and open a heart as we can to be part of the best possible outcome that can happen. The other little travel was that I went out to Nevada last week and did a week of canvassing um, for the election. I went with a group of Buddhists from the Buddhist Zen Center, I mean the Berkeley Zen Center. And I, the, main, the only thing I, I really want to say about it, it was, a, it was a great experience, was that the container of practice was crucial to being able to go out and be part of this very hyped up, scary time. and or Not just not scary, but hyped up and anxious. That's what I want to say, anxious time. And that to come home every night and sit, and, and Soto Zen is quite formal, so there was a, it wasn't this Vipassana, you know, <laughs> feel your breath and relax. It was like, <laughs> you know, first your hand goes here, and then you go here. And then, but it was great, because it was a, an extremely firm con- container. And it was the perfect practice. It was very, very helpful. And the second thing I do want to say about kind of in the spirit of where do we go from here, the reason I went, I've never canvassed before. I've done phone calling and whatnot. I know a lot of you worked very hard on this election. Was I was so tired of talking about it. I was so tired of having the conversations I know you've all been having for months about this poll and Nate Silver and... Who's ahead? Da, 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 and why? Analyzing the psychoanalysis of Trump and the, the what's wrong with Hillary. And oh. at some point, I just got up from the dinner table with my relatives and I just said, I can't talk about this anymore. I am going to do something. In fact, I said to myself, Betsy, if you're not if you're not going to do anything, just shut up. Frankly, is what I said. So there's a little wise speech for an election season. <laughs> So anyway, so that, that's why I went. But I want to just, just lift up that action is the best antidepressant, 
an anti-anxiety medication that we will ever find. The action completely took care of the anxiety, except when I was going to bed at night. But, but, it, <laughs> but no, it really does feel... You, I know this is not news to any of you, but just this is a good moment to think about how do I want to use my beautiful life energy right now? I've got some energy. I've got some years. I've got this body. I've got this heart. What can I do? You know, the stakes are high. That somebody said uh, that's so true. This puts a fine point and a fine focus on these questions we always ask ourselves. Am I, is this right livelihood? Is this wise effort? Is this wise action? Am I aligned with my deeper purposes? This puts a very fine point on that question. What an opportunity. Like my son said, what a weight. What a gift. So I just, um, yeah, I encourage all of us to to believe in the power of of wise action and to make room for it. Because it's like making room for meditation. It's healing. It's the one thing you don't have time to do, and it's the best thing you could possibly do. You know? So. Hmm. So I think that's enough of my talk. We can sing, we can go on. I could probably come up with one. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, let me think a minute. The song. I have many songs, but I didn't bring any of the lyrics. (laughs) It's a bit of a problem. Um, well, you know what I think I'll do, even though I was going to do it later, I, I think it's just great to do it right now. Let's sing together a song that has really deep cultural roots. I sang this all over Asia and uh, over Africa. It's a song that everybody in Asia knows. Everybody knows this song. And it's kind of interesting because in America, not everybody knows this song. Uh, we Probably many of us do because we're probably of a certain wing of the the American life where we sang this in the 60s. But I have sung this in other American settings where people barely know it, and children don't know it. And the children, every child in India, seemed to me, knew this song. So one of my follow-up missions from my travel may be to do a program in schools that's all about this song and the history that it holds. We shall overcome. And you know, really traditionally we stand and we cross arms and hold hands as a sign of being a, a, um, like the women of Liberia, that we will not be broken apart. So if, if you care to, we could stretch and stand. Yeah, I, I'd like to do that, yeah. I think I have to use my hands, <laughs> but I'm 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 connected, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and it's also so so very important as we sing this song. You okay? You want to do a circle? Yeah, that circle's great. Whatever whatever you like, whatever makes us feel whole and strong, and connected.
think I'll just come down and join you, though. I'll just, I'll just be here. <laughs> just beautiful I, sure and I don't actually really need it it's okay yeah if you if you care to why not thank you so much Amy. I got it <laughs> that's right don't wrench your shoulders in this process <laughs> Just take a look around. It's, this is good. This is really good. Yeah. 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 And I want to just, as I don't mean to strain your, your arms or your patience, but I, just, I do want to just note that the word we is both a wonderfully inclusive word, but it often gets used by people who look like me, who are white, comfortable you know, folks, to, to talk about the whole country. And, you know, this, if we're in shock, if we're in disbelief, if, but if we're also thinking, well, well, we'll get through and there's always more good stuff to come, we need to remember that black and brown people and immigrants and Muslims and many others are, are really feeling this in a, in a very, very vulnerable way. And we're feeling it too. I don't mean that we're not. But, but we know where the impact is going to fall first. So um, as we sing this song... We know that it is out of the incredible faith and courage of the civil rights movement that we sing this and that we, um, we are where we are in our country in terms of the amount of progress we've made. So holding all that when we sing, we shall overcome, it's a really big we. We shall overcome division. The we includes everyone who voted differently than you wished. Right? It's like we shall overcome. We shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. We shall live in peace today. We shall live in peace. We shall live in peace. We shall live in peace today. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. Not afraid. We are not afraid. We are not afraid. We are not afraid today. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Love will find a way today. Love will find a way. Love will find a way. Love will find a way today. Oh, 
one of the wonderful things about this song is that you can contribute your own wish, your own vision into it. It's, it zips open and we can zip new words in. So does anybody want to give us another phrase we could sing together? Beautiful. We shall sing as one. We shall sing as one. We shall sing as one today. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. The panoramic. Yay. That's a wonderful idea. Uh, compassion for all. Okay, let's think how to put that into the rhythm. Compassion for all. Compassion for all. Compassion for all. Oh, 
Oh. Yay, got it. To be posted. <laughs> so, Kate. Well, we need everything you've got, sister. (laughs) One of the things I love about being around Betsy is that she invokes this, uh, the wisdom of mother. And um, I feel that really strongly is here with you this evening. And there's something about that that holds the container in such a beautiful way. Mm. On Wednesday morning, I woke up feeling hungover, although (laughs) not for any particular reason, but just like I had just been kind of kicked in the guts or something. And I was laying there with my uh, six-month-old son, and he didn't know what was going on (laughs) and was cooing and laughing and pulling and, you know, doing the things that he does. And I was laying there um, just feeling, watching the thoughts come in and the fear come in, um, mostly just fear of, of his future. What is this world that, he's now a part of and just feeling really seeing that come up and acknowledging that that is that is one perspective and maybe there's some truth to that but as he was um cooing and enjoying himself i couldn't it couldn't not point out oh this is dukkha This is suffering. This is the suffering of not getting what I wanted, not getting what I wanted for my son. This is the suffering of thinking I was going to get what I wanted (laughs) and it not being true and feeling the disappointment of that. This is the suffering that comes with not just being with in the moment what's really here, which in that moment was actually my son enjoying himself and me not enjoying that with him, but instead stuck in my own thoughts and kind of internal mental hell. This is dukkha. This is what the Buddha taught. We are constantly looking for stability in an unstable universe. We crave it. We are looking constantly outside of ourselves for this stability. We feel like we deserve it, don't we? We feel justified in it. That's not to say that we aren't deserving of basic human rights, of the feeling of safety, 
And I could even go as far as on a relative level, the feeling of some kind of stability that supports our mental well-being. But we're looking for all that in an unstable universe. One moment we will taste the experience of um, justice. And in another moment, it's shattered. In one moment, we experience love between ourselves and another. And in the next moment, it's gone. And we feel like there's something inherently wrong with the universe when that happens because we've forgotten that, in fact, this is the ultimate truth that is always changing. It's always changing, and that doesn't change. (laughs) We're wanting peace. We're wanting acceptance. We're wanting freedom and we keep looking outside of ourselves and we can keep fighting for that actually like Betsy said these are worth uh, our attention and our effort and uh, it does something for our anxiety to to go into action not to belittle that or to make it um not worthy of your time. And we have to start here. We, we want these things, but we have to look here first. We have to. I notice um, on my Facebook feed, shortly after uh, the results, just how many... Um, people that I really care about and love, uh, how their, their frustration and their anger and confusion and fear leapt out into a Facebook post and then another and then another and then another. Understandably, uh, in, in some ways. And um, we're feeling fear and perhaps um, uh, anger about this uncertainty of what's to come. Or maybe, maybe the fear and the anger is because we think we know exactly what's going to come. We, we, we don't, but we think we do. And in a way, if we are responding through that fear, if we are allowing that to be in the driver's seat, that anger to be in the driver's seat, uh, the perception of us and them to be in the driver's seat, what we end up putting out into the world is no different than what we're fearing and what's making us angry. This is also what the Buddha taught, that our words... Uh, what we put out there, whether it's verbally through our mouth or something that we had to hit send, uh, 
uh, matter. This is where the practice is. Our actions matter. This is where the practice is. Our intentions matter. Our mind and our heart, the quality of our mind and our heart matter. It's what will uh, be able to carry us to, to make change. It's what will uh, allow for there to be um, more peace and more togetherness. But if we stay in this place that maybe some of us are in right now, if we stay stuck there, um, it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is a... um, This is a poem by Jennifer Wellwood called The Dakini Speaks. My friends, let's grow up. Let's stop pretending we don't know the deal here. Or if we truly haven't noticed, let's wake up and notice. Look, everything that can be lost will be lost. It's simple. How could we have missed it for so long? Let's grieve our losses fully, like ripe human beings. But please, let's not be so shocked by them. Let's not act so betrayed as though life had broken her secret promise to us. Impermanence is life's only promise to us, and she keeps it with ruthless impeccability. To a child, she seems cruel, but she is only wild, and her compassion is exquisitely precise, brilliantly penetrating, luminous with truth. She strips away the unreal to show us the real. This is the true ride. Let's give ourselves to it. Let's stop making deals for a safe passage. There isn't one anyway, and the cost is too high. We are not children anymore. The true human adult gives everything for what cannot be lost. Let's dance the wild dance of no hope. So... I'd like to end by allowing that to be an up note. <laughs> this is good news. <laughs> this is good news. It's just not what we what we thought. It's just not what we thought. The good news is that our practice is right here at the threshold of whatever is about to come forward. The good news is that we have a practice, that we have a mind and we have a heart that can hold what is to come. This is good news. The good news is that we can be an example for others in this way, with our speech and with our actions and our intentions.
Angel Kyoto Williams said, I think in her Facebook post, something similar to, as practitioners, it's time for us to be the big adults in the room. (laughs) That gets to be something to look forward to. We can look forward to that. That we have a purpose in all of this. The purpose is right here in this body, in this breath, and in each moment. And we can move from moment to moment, finding that level of steadiness in the mind and in the heart to carry us and to meet whatever is coming. We can do that. So, with that, I'd like us to dedicate the merit of this evening. And uh, as part of the dedication, I wonder if we could just sing that song we opened with. I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) thank you. That should work. Hello? Hello? Ah, there we go. Thank you so much, Kate. That was that was really beautiful. There's so many levels of arriving, aren't there? There was the arriving when we got our bodies in the room, and then there was the arriving of beginning to feel our breath and beginning to land and actually be here. And then we've just had this amazing whatever my hands are saying, we've had this amazing. (laughs) And so I I feel for me that there's a much deeper level of arriving that this has brought me to. So I think you're right, we should sing again, I have arrived, I am home, in the here and in the now, our true home. I have arrived, I am home, in the here and in the now I have time that we spend cultivating our practice, cultivating wisdom, cultivating compassion. It's a very valuable thing to be doing with our time and to be doing it in sangha, in community, in this way. And so when we do practice in this way, it has an effect. It has a ripple effect. It has a ripple effect in our own individual lives. It has an effect on the people we interact with. It has an effect that goes beyond that. And so with that in mind, we can dedicate the merit, the goodness of our time together, any benefits of the time we've spent together. 
we can dedicate that to all beings everywhere. And <laughs> I didn't know this was the last one, but to Donald Trump. <laughs> Boy, does he need this. <laughs> we all need it. And so truly in the spirit of dedicating this to all beings, we dedicate this fully to all beings everywhere. Those who are seen, those who are unseen by us to all living creatures. May all beings have safety. May they be safe in their minds and in the world. To all beings, may they be healthy in their minds and in their body. all beings, may they have happiness and contentment. To all beings, may they find freedom. Thank you, everyone, for being here this Thank evening. You. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kate, so much. And thanks, all of you, for your practice, your dedication, your emotions. Everything you feel is a sign that you're alive, you're paying attention, you're not numbing out. And um, don't listen to too much news. (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.